Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good weekend, a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we have a bunch to talk about. We got Golden Glory this week. There's a little bit of teases from some smaller things uh, that came out for Season 7 that I'm going to touch on. Uh, we got some changes to Twitch drops, so you might want to be aware of that as we're getting into the next week. Uh, season 7 is, is almost here. There's a whole bunch to, to go over after it comes out i'm sure uh also i want to get you guys up to date with uh the the mystery with demarco and uh last week's episode was the sea of thieves fest it came out pretty recently but i wanted to touch on some of the stuff that happened after sea of thieves fest's uh podcast episode was recorded because i got a chance to meet my chairman and get to talk to him about some interesting things so without further ado let's get into it but before we get into any of that, I have to thank the patrons. They're the ones that are supporting this content. They're the ones getting the ad-free episodes over on Patreon. They're also invited to join the episode at the end of the month, which is just for patrons at the Captain Tier. They're going to be the ones that are going to be sharing their thoughts and feelings on the game. So that is going to be uh, done on August 27th at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, just as a heads up. And uh, with that, I want to thank People's Republic, LQ. Balls, Bam Bam Bagel, Captain Hasco, Chateau Neuf, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Trickster, Jabaro 5, Carl Embo, Kazia the Rogue, Lumpy SRQ, Alcarian Darth, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Raja the Brave, Registella, Russ Bell Kid, Norwegian, Skinny Matt, Scum Melt 666, Sudesh, Tarnished Film, That Kilted Guy, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Super Pack, Music Me, The Lore Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruski Doo, Straw Hat Connor, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, and Zam. Wow, thank you all so much for your support. It really does mean the world to me. It's going to start uh, being the, the nest egg that I save up for Sea of Thieves Fest 2023. So thank you to everyone who uh, is supporting and continues to value this, uh, this content for you. Thank you. <laughs> First, let's talk about Sea of Thieves Fest. Uh, there was a lot that happened there after we got done recording. Uh, we spent a good time kind of chatting about some of the questions that you guys had, and I really appreciated you guys sending those in for the episode. Uh, we had some really good questions come in that, that I just I wasn't quite expecting, so it was fun to kind of dive into those. Um, at Sea of Thieves Fest, I had a stellar time. Uh, I got to watch Freya Catherine. Um, I got to meet a ton of devs. There were so many devs that were there, both incognito as well as kind of out and about uh, that many people would recognize. Um, there were a lot of content creators there that were making uh, different kind of crafts and stuff. Uh, shout out to the Keelhauled crew. They came in second place for the Feast of Legends race that was going on dur during that time. Uh, there were some great panels there that was uh, with some different content creators. I got to meet and talk to some of them face to face, which was great. Uh, I'm going to try and see if I can get in touch with them through Discord so that I can actually get some interviews set up uh, because I think that their community 
uh, and our communities would be really, really great together. They, they have some really great content. And if you don't know, like Happy Kraken X and Beard Again, uh, Behaving Beardly, there's a ton of them that I'm going to be reaching out to as well as some devs. Uh, I did get in touch um, with some of the devs there and talk to them uh, and see if I can get some stuff that I've been trying to get um, squared away, kind of locked in place, get some dates locked in so we can get some recordings in. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, if everything works good or works well, uh, we'll, we'll get those out um, in the next month or two, uh, hopefully, depending on if schedules play out. There was uh, a bunch of interesting information that um, came to us from Mike. Mike, pretty much for the most part, um, was out and about. He he went on a vacation. When he came back, he wasn't quite feeling well. So he went and got tested. Everything got cleared and he was uh, free to come to SOT Fest. We weren't sure if he was going to make it. I didn't know if he was going to make it at all, to be honest. Uh, and the devs had been very mum on the whole Sea of Thieves Fest. Uh, little did we know they had been invited and had tickets for a very long time time um, so i'm really glad that they came i had a great time talking to joe uh joni definitely is one of the few people who is there to celebrate um i made the mistake of of cornering him in uh in in, in one of the hallways and started to talk to him about the game and mostly talking about like design things like i want to touch on the things that I, I normally would do and i talked about this when i was with davram but it was just really nice to get a chance to actually talk to him uh, to actually like see how he is in, in normal like situations outside of like behind a camera kind of thing. And I, I felt the same way with a lot of devs. You know, I got to talk to Andy Preston, uh, who was amazing to talk to. I really regret not getting a chance to ask him if he'd be interested in coming on the show. Uh, but he, he's one of the few that I would love to. I know he's not really big into interviews and stuff, but it was cool to just kind of chat with him about the game and, and SOT Fest and stuff. Um, I did get to talk to Mike. I monopolized Mike as much as I possibly could uh, for my own selfish reasons. But there were a lot of us who all wanted to have a chat with Mike. And Mike is one of those uh, kind people who realizes that everyone wants to have a conversation with him and he is willing to have a conversation with everyone that's kind of the amazing thing is he's willing to sacrifice his own time uh whether it means like him not getting to go eat or go to the bathroom like he he is willing to sit there and talk to anyone who wants to talk to him about cfes and answer questions as much as he possibly can um, some of the great things that I got to bug him about were some interesting questions that I, I was thinking about, um, mostly about things like alliances, uh, whether or not that was a major concern. Um, I also wanted to ask him about like, if, if we were ready to start seeing, uh, non-player characters that we would fight that actually look like players or at least, uh, humans and not just, uh, spirits or ghosts ocean crawlers or skeletons and it was interesting to find out that they don't quite feel like they're ready to go that route and it's interesting because i i understand the concerns that they have uh but I've, i wanted to just kind of flat out ask like why not why why the case and, and a lot of it did come down to what i suspected was the case which was they want to make sure people understand who they are fighting if they're fighting someone that looks like a pirate or an mp or a, a human then they are probably going to be fighting a player if they're fighting uh an npc they want that npc to uh be someone that you would not confuse so i don't think we're going to be getting any ghost uh curses anytime in the future i don't know if we're going to be getting any skeleton curses outside of costumes in the future um anything that might confuse players uh with npcs that we already fight there's a good chance we might not see something like that for ourselves 
I also wanted to uh, talk to him about adventures and tall tales. And I asked him, I asked if uh, he thought we would be getting uh, more tall tales in the future. Like are tall tales done? Like, are they not going back to them? Because I, I know that he's uh, concerned with with checkpoints in, in tall tales and how people um, can utilize those for uh, ways to get around mechanics. And it's, it's something that for the most part, I think is pretty benign, like not too many things in the game uh, can you exploit through checkpoints, but it is still a, a reasonable concern, especially when you're looking to uh, build out content that players want to experience, but won't always get the opportunity to experience it all in one setting. Uh, I think this latest Tall Tale is a perfect example of how you can actually have a checkpoint system without having a dedicated uh, drop on the the captain's table vote on checkpoint like it is checkpointed if you get to that state and you can go back to that and continue it but it isn't something where you are uh, looking for a tall tale book to put down on your table um, and and the response to, to Mike was very diplomatic he was trying to be very polite about it and I respect that because it's really hard to say no to people when they want something uh, when they want to hear the answer they want they they expect Expect. Um, the answer, obviously, for me is, is I, I, I want to see more tall tales. Um, but I do concede that the way adventures are going, which is what he talked about, uh, a lot of them are starting to feel more and more like tall tales. And I really thought that was uh, interesting because it, it didn't say for sure and this is always kind of the case with game game development you like you never really know like if you'll ever go back to something you may change your mind or it may uh be a, too good of an idea to pass up on uh but for the time being it doesn't i don't get the impression that they want to move back to tall tales um the the kind of ethereal nature of an adventure being a limited time event uh, that marks an occasion in the in the lore in the game uh, is great, even though it does remove the opportunity for players to go back to re -ex or to experience that content on their own uh, and come back to it. I know a lot of folks, uh, like uh, for example, um, Beard again most recently just picked up his gold curse um i think there was a bet involved that i'm that i wasn't privy to but uh hearing the story of it he, he really kind of focused in to get his gold curse and a lot of folks uh i know are actually working on getting their gold curse as well too uh lauren galaxy uh or Gal galloway um over at ign who is one of the the social media uh managers for ign or, or at least one of the social media members i don't know if she's technically a manager or not, but uh, she's actually been working on her gold curse. And it's beautiful to think about how uh, at, even players that haven't been playing the whole time can always go back and do those different tall tales, experience that story. That story is one of those things that really draws players in. It really kind of wraps a, a beautiful narrative up all in one all-encompassing section you know you've got the first nine tall tales and you've got a pirate's life and then you've got some of the uh filler ones that we got with heart of fire shrouded uh spoils things like that um or no was it shrouded spoils i can't remember you know what i'm talking about anyway uh the one with pendragon where we're going around um i can't think of what that's called i feel like it's shrouded spoils correct me if i'm wrong i'm probably wrong but anyway uh it's nice to have those to be able to go back but i understand what that means it means adding content to the game that will stick in the game forever and then 
you have to deal with the repercussions like do you add something in the game down the line that breaks one of the tall tales uh is there a weird interaction that's going on with one of the tall tales that's causing an issue with new content uh do you how do you keep the the file size of the game uh as small as possible so that you aren't having to reinstall the game at 90 or 120 gigs like there are considerations that you have to take into account when you consider trying to make content for a live game and i respect that i really do because they're trying to tell a story but they're not trying to tell a story that they have to maintain over the next five years as they try and continue to add more and more content uh for this so i i really am I'm, I'm of two minds. Like, obviously, I'm bummed at the idea that we won't be getting any more tall tales. But at the same time, I'm very excited for the adventures that we're getting because they're coming on a regular basis. The content is a lot lighter. It's much easier to jump into. It pushes the story forward. And the stuff that they're doing is actually really beautiful. It's really interesting to have these world event dynamics uh, where it is a story process. It is something that is is processing as you continue through it. Uh so that was one of the really nice things that I got to, to kind of talk to Mike about. Um, one of the other things that I got to talk about later in the afternoon when I had uh, kind of walked away, you know, he went out, got some food, I think, and then got uh, uh, cornered by other people. I feel so bad for the devs because you're walking into the lion's pit when it comes to walking into a Sea of Thieves Fest. Like you can't not expect to run into a whole bunch of people who just constantly want to talk to you about all the things that they've been thinking about over the years and stuff. And finally getting to meet Mike Chapman. Oh, wow. That that was that was fantastic i almost got to meet him back and i think it i think it was 2019 i think it was 2019 i think it was the last e3 uh super pack or cj johnston from the player one podcast was there uh covering e3 obviously uh, or at least just kind of there for player one podcast i'm not sure i think he no, he was. He was covering it for uh, for Adult Swim games, I believe. And um, the, the the there's a a couple hotels over at the uh, convention center down in L.A. where they have E3. And there's one that is notorious. I don't know if it's notorious or not, but it is pretty well known that you're going to run into devs at that hotel lobby. Uh, I know I was walking around there with CJ while we were hoping to see uh, some of the different devs. I almost got to meet them then, and I didn't. Uh, but it was funny that when I got to talk to Mike, uh, he's like, hey, we almost got to meet each other like that one time. And he's like, it's a shame that you went to that hotel because that hotel isn't actually the hotel that the rare devs stay in. It's the other one. And I was like, ah. Oh man what a bummer what a, an absolute like the the tiny bit of information that i just didn't have uh i missed the opportunity to meet mike back then but i'm so glad that i got to meet him actually at sea of thieves fest because i think i think at e3 it would be one of those situations where um sure not he wouldn't be swarmed by a bunch of people but there's also a schedule there's also an expectation they're there to work uh whereas with sea of thieves fest it was a community event it was on a saturday we were all hanging out nobody had plans outside of spending uh time doing this and it was nice and it was 
And it was confident of them to come because we got to see a lot of the uh, higher ups there that that swung by. And it was really fun to kind of see like, hey, you know, if if captaincy is on its way, they've had to delay it. But if they're all hanging out here, it must mean that they feel pretty comfortable with how the next uh, update is coming and that it's ready to go. So I'm really happy to hear that. The one question that I, I remember talking to him about, because we were all kind of having a general conversation. And over the course of six hours, it's hard to kind of remember like the, the one time I got to talk to him here versus the one time I got to talk to him here. But there was one question that I asked him uh, regarding the next community decision. And that was because it's something that I think a lot of us are very interested in. Uh, Golden Sands or saving Golden Sands or ruining Golden Sands was a very divisive story point for the community. A lot of us wanted it saved. A lot of us wanted it ruined. And we are going to look forward to the changes that happen as a result of this event. So when I asked him what the next event uh, could be tied to, I just flat out asked him to see if he would answer uh, if it was going to be between saving Duke or saving Merrick. Because I think that the community in itself still really loves Duke. I don't think there's I don't think there's quite as many uh, people who are on my side about Duke quite yet. There's definitely dissenters uh, who have, have been disenfranchised with Duke the Dark Lord. And while I know that I've been harping on this for a long time, I still kind of root for the underdog. I still kind of root for the people that uh, loved Duke, were sad to see him turn to dark, and want him back as his kind of silly, jovial self that was just out there to have fun. Uh, so with that, I thought it would be an interesting uh, point to kind of ask him, you know, w would this be the case? Would this be the scenario? Would we have to decide on saving Merrick and having uh, someone that um, is, it makes it easier for us to turn in fish over at Steven Spoils? It's one, one more turn in point for uh, the Hunter's Call and having Merrick back. He's become such an interesting character and one of the oldest uh, named um, characters in the game that has been tied to lore. Merrick obviously came in after the game was uh, launched, but was part of the Shrouded Deep. So uh, uh, with, or not the Shrouded Deep, the Hunters, uh, no, the Hungering Deep. <laughs> oh man, they got to they gotta fix the naming conventions of this stuff. It's starting to all blur together. Uh, but, but getting to ask him like, you know, would it be between two people? Would we have to make the choice? How do we save one person versus the other? It's that whole kind of like, you know, who do you save uh, uh, between a hero? You know, the, the ultimate decision, uh, you know, do you save the president of the United States or do you save Lois Lane? And Superman has to figure out how to save both uh or you know batman with uh, harvey dent and and keeping him the white knight that he is or saving uh, uh whatever her name was that he was infatuated with for some rachel rachel he i remember the name uh he was infatuated with rachel because of reasons uh so it was like you know that's always the big choice for the hero you always have to make that hard decision and stuff so i really am interested to kind of see like where that goes but mike actually answered me he said no that's not going to be the community decision that we deal with in the coming uh, year or at least in the next year time frame like we we know it's supposed to come at the end of the year but I always hold out hope that it, that'll happen but I always recognize that there's a good chance it'll get pushed out and we probably won't see it until 2023 which is fine I, I don't really have any expectation on what it is so I'm not really like jumping at the at the the or ch chomping at the bit I think it's champing, chomping. I can't remember. Uh, I think it's champing at the bit um, to to find out what the next one is. 
but he was at least um, open to the idea that they could use that idea of the hero's choice uh, in a future decision. Maybe not necessarily with Duke or Merrick, but in the future with two characters that we are looking to try and save, um, potentially one on the dark side, one on the light side. I just kind of like that idea. So it'll be interesting to kind of see um, how things go from here. Uh, I'm very excited to see kind of what happens to Golden Sands afterwards. And, and it, it, again, the, I guess to kind of round this out, uh, Mike, if you're listening, thank you so much for the amount of time that you gave me. I, I realized I was being very selfish and you were very courteous of that. Uh, so thank you. I hope that there's an opportunity for us to get to talk again before the, uh, the end of the year where we can actually sit down and have another conversation, uh, hopefully on, on the record. So that way, uh, you guys don't have to hear, or the audience doesn't have to hear this secondhand from me, uh, from when we actually got to talk about this. I, I always love those conversations we have and stuff. So I'll hopefully come up with some good questions, um, about what we can see in the future of Sea of Thieves and see, um, how you feel about those and stuff. So, uh, the, the one that I did want to talk to, uh, uh, or actually I guess there's a couple devs and stuff. Chris Marlowe, thank you for being awesome. You're huge. I love your hugs. Uh, and, and you've got such a, a great group of people around you that it's always just a pleasure to see you being so jovial uh and, and connected to the community um joe Turo, uh joe clifford thank you for being just there period you were just so awesome it was so great to actually uh meet you you were so flustered and i totally felt how flustered you were by everyone uh wanting to get to talk to you and spend time with you and you wanting to go talk to other people and seeing people and stuff uh just sensory overload but you you killed it and you looked fantastic so thank you so much for uh signing my art book thank you so much for um, getting to chat with me and and getting to work out some of the details on some of the stuff that we've been working on for a bit um i promise i will email you as soon as i remember to when i have a, a moment um <laughs> i know you can relate to that uh and then I, I i would be remiss if i didn't say uh thank you to george orton who is uh one of the the rare devs that came um with the tall tales uh back when they were doing the anniversary update he was hired on after working on uh escape rooms he's been with the company for gosh what is it three or th almost four years now i think almost four years now and uh has has was, was there was with some other devs and they were just kind of hanging out you know spending time with everyone else uh and it was really great to talk to you it was really great to to have a chance to sit down and chat about how you decided to get into the gaming uh industry when you did um some of the things that you've done and just how how awesome it's been to see your influence and how that's completely shifted uh a lot of what sea of thieves has become so i'm really glad that you are there and i'm really glad that you're working with mike and the rest of the team to help try and develop some of the different puzzles and systems in place to really kind of add some value to sea of thieves in general so i really appreciate you uh giving me some of your time as well too um, there were a bunch of other devs that were wandering around. James Bowden uh, was was dressed up as a pirate and was just having a ball uh, there with his family and spending time with everyone. It was so great. So I've been gushing a lot about Sea of Thieves Fest. I'm still coming down from the high of that. I'm still trying to reset my sleep schedule. I've been so bad about it, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to... Sea of Thieves Fest 2023, if that works out, I plan on uh, going if, if it's uh, an opportunity. And I was able to talk to um, uh, Calamity Kez and confirm, or at least not confirm, but definitely kind of let 
uh, talk to her about um, what we would like to do in uh, future events and stuff. So it was really kind of nice to get a chance to kind of say like, uh, we, we could do this, we could totally do that. I would love to see um, if we're able to uh, have it on multiple days, have uh, a bigger area where we can have more people um, kind of uh, having like more creators with their their actual supp um, not supplies what are they called merchandise uh, with their merchandise to be able to purchase and stuff um, the the merchandise that they had there was great um, and then them trying to figure out like what a good time for it is and stuff you know it's so crazy uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to having another opportunity to go because I would, I would love to get a chance to go uh, hang out with everyone uh, visit London again oh my god London oh I would like Captain Balzania is, is moving there um, sometime in the next decade, and he's he's stoked about it. I don't blame him. I, I love California. I'll probably stay in California because there's so much that goes on around here. Uh, but holy cow, man, I, I will more than happily visit England whenever I have a good reason to because it is beautiful. It was fantastic. I really loved the, the cultural differences and the food was amazing. So thank you for being such good hosts. Thank you to the Sea of Thieves crew for SOT Fest. You guys absolutely killed it. It was a fantastic success. I, I think everyone was extremely happy. I know you guys were just absolutely, absolutely demolished by the end of it all. Uh, but you, you'd really done good. You'd done good. You did the community proud. Um, Jez Gordon actually wrote up an article over it uh, talking about how it was one of the few uh, non- um, what's it called? Uh, what is the thing called? Non, non, oh gosh, non-sponsored, I guess non-sponsored endorsed. I'm looking for the word endorsed. Uh, it's one of the few, um, non-endorsed community events that have happened for a single game that was so successful in Xboxes like history. Uh, like obviously there's been things like guardians con or guardian con and things like that but uh this was definitely one of those situations where um the community came together they put it together for the community and was just happy to have uh something pulled together after years and years of waiting uh so that we could actually celebrate and have fun and and just get to to experience meet other pirates that we've been sailing with for years it was so good to meet the the keelhauled crew um shout out to uh, uh xbox my 29 for um picking up a, 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 a liz larue mask for me to commemorate the actual event with a sot fest and the keel hauled logo uh mina fairy for showing up in costume and and really representing the the crew uh to chateau new for uh hanging out and spending time with us he's so quiet it's so funny chateau is always so quiet beatinator for being brilliant and, and hilarious and just kind of really just being fun having a good time um and, and patty of course uh big bad pad who for some reason really likes sword lunging with uh inflatable swords um and stuff but it was really great kind of really held down the fort uh managed to get some amazing tattoos and some shirts built up for the crew that was going to be there and, and for us to give out and stuff uh for everyone managed to get me a hotel room uh, me and davram a hotel room after the hotel room that he he had originally 
uh, gotten for us, canceled the reservation for no reason. Uh, he was able to actually get us another hotel room stuff that I didn't even know about that was already taken care of and stuff. So, but thank you to uh, everyone that showed up, um, whether I, I called you out or not. Uh, it was great to actually meet many of you, especially some of you that I've never seen in person or never seen pictures of, uh, like Cannon Monkey. I've never, never seen pictures of Cannon Monkey before. It was great to actually meet him. Uh, it was great to see EG, even though I never got, uh, actually got a photo of EG. Um, so many people I got to actually just run into. I feel like I'm missing names, but it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, ple pleasure? Pleasure. Pleasure. It was an absolute pleasure to get a chance to uh, run into so many pirates and and have you guys actually uh, come say hi that that was even better that was the fact that you guys even came say hi I wasn't expecting that um, I just figured I'd go say hi to all the people that I actually know I didn't get to meet uh, I didn't get I didn't expect to get to meet so many of you um, that that listen to the podcast so thank you if you're listening to this and you were at SOT Fest and you came up and said hi thank you it meant so much to me i've been talking about it for so long my wife is is pretty much over me talking about it at this point <laughs> but she's really happy for me um but I've, I've been having a really good time and i've been talking about this too long there's stuff to talk about let's get into some of the other stuff So breaking down some of the news that we got this week that I didn't get to cover because I just didn't get a chance to record uh, with this information was Twitch drops. We're getting more Twitch drops. And when are these Twitch drops uh, starting? Well, they're starting the day after Season 7 starts. So Season 7 starts on August 4th. We're going to start getting more news about the Season 7 content on August 1st when you're listening to this. So keep an eye out for next week when we cover all of that, plus how the season's kind of ramping up. I'll talk about the big stuff for sure. Uh, but the Twitch drops are going to start on August 5th, and that's at 9 a.m. UTC time, not PST, not EST, UTC, which means it's eight hours. Uh, I, I actually, no, I think it's going to be, no, yeah, yeah, nine hours. No, I can't remember. But anyway, it usually starts around 2 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. But it starts around that time, and that will be going until August 8th, again, at 9 a.m. UTC time. So if you need to do conversion for that, just take a look in how many hours you are behind UTC. I think right now California is uh, minus seven hours right now, so I guess it would be like two. Uh, I can't remember. I'm not doing the math right now. Anyway, um, and we're getting some stuff that we've had in the past. We're getting the Rising Morningstar Crew Jacket, the Rising Morningstar Battle Hat, which I actually really love, uh, and the Rising Morningstar Trousers. So these three pieces are going to be made available from August 5th, the 6th, the 7th, ending on the 8th. And what you need to do is watch a partnered streamer for a total of three hours, not 20 minutes a day, not uh, three hours in one sitting, just three hours through that time frame. So if you can do 20 minutes uh, one day and you can do uh, 60 minutes the next, and then you can do 140 the, uh, or no, what was it? Um, is it 140? No, it's 106. No, six. this is why I don't do math. This is why podcasters don't do math. We talk, we don't math. Uh, but anyway, the point is, is that you have to accumulate at least one hour to, to get the Rising Morning Star crew jacket. Then after that, you have to watch another hour. doesn't matter when or how, uh, as long as it's on a partnered streamer, you can get the Rising Morning Star Battle Hat. 
And then you get the last hour at any point, whether it be the first day, the last day, or, or spread across the three, uh, to get the Rising Morning Star trousers. And this is a bit different than what we're used to with Sea of Thieves drops. In fact, this is more in line with what most other Twitch drops are like. It's an accumulative system as opposed to a uh, defined day system. And I think I like this better because a lot more people can throw on uh, a partnered streamer for three hours and have that going on in the background and get all of their drops done uh, in one go, as opposed to having to remember to get a Twitch drop once a day for 20 minutes at a time. And I, I think that's a lot better because it, it gives people a little more flexibility in the system. Um, there's definitely been times where I have missed a couple drops in the, and sometimes they're big, sometimes they're not big. You know, I think I missed a a hat and a hook uh, at one point, but then another time I missed a flag. I, I'm not I'm not worried about the flag. That's fine. It's, it's a bummer that I missed it because I wanted to get it. Uh, but this is an opportunity for them to test out the new system. And the way they're doing that is by they're making sure that it is with older content. Now, the, a lot of you might be kind of upset about that because it's older content, but I'd much rather test a system with older released content and see how that works, see how it, how people interact with it, than try to do it in, uh, in, in a situation where we're dealing with new cosmetics. I would hate to miss out on something because of a, a problem with the system and how it was implemented. Not that I wasn't they're watching at the time it's kind of a scenario so let's let's test this out let's see how people like it if people report back to rare and say i really like this i think this twitch drops is a lot better way to go than if we were doing this the old-fashioned way where i had to watch for 20 minutes a day and i kept missing pieces because it was on a four days out of a out of a week uh over the weekend when i don't have time to really sit down and watch someone for 20 minutes or i just flat out forget because I can't remember if I did it last yesterday or if I did it today. Uh, so much better that that they give you this change and see how this works out. I think it'll be a lot better for uh, fans of Sea of Thieves in general. Ahoy there, pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any to VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer, you'd like to save money on games. It's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time. And if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and I continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you. With that Pirates, let's get back to the show. Mm -hmm. 
One of the other things that actually happened this weekend, uh, which was after Sea of Thieves Fest, thank you, was the Golden Glory weekend. I hope all of you got an opportunity to go out and get a whole bunch of golden reputation. Uh, I got to sail this weekend with Mina Ferry and X, uh, a Big Bad Pad and uh, Davram. We went sailing for a few hours and we worked on, I think it was two Veil Voyages and three, uh, almost three, I think two, two and a half emissary uh, voyages for Athena's fortune. Um, we got close to a million in the four hour time frame that we were working with. Uh, and I got at least a, a level and a half. I think I'm like halfway through level 28 in my Athena reputation right now. Um, which reminds me, I never got a chance to go down to the actual, um, the actual pirate legend tavern to find out what 28 is. I think 28 is the eye of reach. It could be the eye reach, uh, but I'm very happy that I got to, to get in there and get some time because I feel like, and I don't have any, any kind of information about this, but I feel like that the costs for all of the cosmetics and all the stuff that's coming in uh, season seven are going to be uh, a big drain on my bank, um, which looking at it right now, I've got just under 6 million gold. So I'm hoping that's enough to get at least a majority of the stuff that I want to get, uh, whatever it may be. That's the real trick right there is I don't, I genuinely don't know what we're getting. I know we're getting ships and I know the ships cost gold, but that's it. Like I have, I have no idea what else is coming, uh, except that we just got a little bit of news, and this is a weird segue, but uh, we just got a Sea of Thieves news update, which is uh, kind of like a mini Sea of Thieves news. It wasn't like a full out Sea of Thieves news, but it was kind of like a, hey, by the way, this stuff might get caught under the radar um, if you aren't paying attention. So let me just kind of let you know about it right now so that way you don't miss out. So um, the, it, funny enough, uh, John McFarlane typically takes a vacation in the summer, as many of the devs do. Um, and this time he took one uh, around the time that they were recording the Sea of Thieves news video. So uh, John McMurtry, who is not J-O-N, but J-O-H-N, is also the voice of Sea of Thieves, who we just had the unmasking uh, for the Captains of Adventure E3 event, um, was uh, talking to us about Season 7 and some of the small things that we can expect with this update. And I'm actually really kind of surprised that some of these are actually making it to the game. Um, the first one, which I think is the one that everyone is going to absolutely love, is a magnification uh, system or magnifiable maps was the word that they used on the video, which really kind of cracked me up. Um, so now with uh, the the magnification with the magnifiable maps, you can now zoom in onto maps, notes and quest books. So if you got a quest book, uh, you're working on a Veil Voyage and you're looking at the map and you're trying to understand what the, the little squiggly line is that uh, Suds had wrote in there to indicate what little painting it is, um, you can now be able to zoom in on those. Or if you're really having a hard time with an X marks a spot and you're not quite sure what the landmarks are on, say you're on a, a, a Wanderer's Refuge or, or a, a Paradise uh, or no, Thieves Haven. We'll go with Thieves Haven. Uh, Plunder Valley is a good one, but Thieves Haven is the one that most people can pick out landmarks, but it's a little bit tougher. Uh, now you'll be able to zoom in on those and you'll be able to get a little bit closer to that map um, instead of having to change the field of view, which is what I used to do back in the day. Uh, I used to go from like 90 field of view down to like 60 field of view on PC. And that was like, it would it would zoom, <laughs> zoom in the map really close. And you'd be like, all right, well, cool. Now I know where that's at. Now I got to go back into the settings and change the field of view slider back up to 90 so I can see what the heck is going on around me. 
but no more. Now we can actually zoom in. And I kind of wonder if this is a bit of a trick that they're basically just changing the field of view, uh, but you can actually move around. So I'm not quite sure. It's interesting tech. I'm very looking, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm very looking forward to how this work. Uh, but I'm very curious, like how, how much we'll end up using this. I'm sure a lot of people will probably end up using this um, when it comes down the line, but it's just, it's a nice, it's a quality of life update that is one of the smaller things that's actually coming with this update. This isn't the, the marquee feature. Um, and neither is stools. Uh, many poop jokes going on around in the community uh, when they announced that stools um, are now going to be able something you, that be something that you can actually pick up. And when I mean pick up, I mean pick up like a chest. So you can carry it on your back. You can uh, sit down with one. You can sit on one. So I'm, I'm curious to see if you can sit on one and then sit with one on your back or how that works, like where it goes. Uh, but stools are now something that you can find out in the world. They're going to be over uh, on different islands. In the video they showed us uh, with a pirate walking around with one on Cannon Cove, uh, they were able to pick it up and move it. And then they just kind of sat on it so if you want to have a nice little intro or a nice little um get together maybe a little round table uh meeting somewhere or uh if you want to you know pay your respects to to um some poor lost soul that uh tried to kill you on an island while they're rezzing you can grab a stool put it down and sit next to them i think uh uh, uh gnome gnomezilla was uh posting a really funny meme on uh, Twitter, where there was a bunch of pirates sitting on stools on the capstan, uh, and and the the joke was is like you know you want to hit the you want to hit the anchor, why don't you take a seat, um, which I thought was great, uh, and and it's it's a little thing again. These were just little things that they teased us about um, that are going to be coming to the game, and I like that they're doing this. I like that they're still trying to pull in some of those quality of life features while it's uh, going to be kind of a big. Um, a big update with captaincy. Obviously, there's a lot more that they're not telling us with this, um, just to kind of keep things close to the chest, obviously, in case they need to cut a feature or something, they can quickly edit the video. Um, but it was nice to actually see that there's going to be a little things here and there, just kind of add a little more role play to the, to the world. You know, we always wanted to be able to uh, sit down in places and now we can sit down in places. Well, now we can actually move chairs. And my question is, is uh, do you think that it will get to a point where it's not just stools, then we'll kind of move up to chairs and maybe, maybe even the captain's chair at the, uh, in the captain's cabin in the galleon, will we be able to pick that up and move it? Or what about the gold hoarder seat? Will we be able to get a couple of people together and they'll be able to lift that and we'll start kind of hawking it at the, the gold hoarder tent to be like, Hey, you know, if you're, if, if you want this back, you're going to have to give us a pretty penny, uh, you know, cause I think your boss might want it, you know, things like that. So it'll be, it'll be kind of interesting to find out like what you can do with these, where you can move them. Can you do stuff while you're sitting in them? That is a big question. It's one thing to be able to sit down in uh, in a seat, but to still be able to do something like, I feel like you need to be able to fish, like, right? Like you need to, you need to, if you're going to be out and about and you want to sit down, you want to sit on a stool, um, then you should be able to fish off of that stool. So like I can go, I can sit at like a sea post, I put my little stool down, I sit on it, I cast out my line and I just chill. You know, I feel like that's kind of a must. Um, 
So those are some of the little things that are going to be coming to the game uh, with Season 7. Nice to see some little things that I wasn't expecting. Uh, glad to see that zooming into the map is finally going to be brought to the game. Something a lot of people have been asking for since the launch of the game. Uh, for many of us that, that just have bad vision or have no clue what that little little thing is. It's a little green smudgy. I have no clue if it's a bush or if it's a tree. I can't tell. But I got to get up close to the TV if I want to be able to find out. With the video that they gave us, uh, the Sea of Thieves news video, um, they also talked a little bit about some of the merchandise that's going to be coming to the uh, Rare store, the RareGame.store uh, website. So they've got a collection now that's going to be added that is going to be a line of clothing that is tied to the different adventures that we've had, uh, which is kind of interesting. I like the idea that they want to commemorate some of these things. I, I see it a lot with Destiny and, and a lot of people really love getting like t-shirts and hoodies and stuff uh, from different seasons and different seals that they earn uh, or different dungeons that they complete. Doing stuff in game, uh, in Destiny 2 at least, unlocks the opportunity to purchase some of that merchandise now what i will say is is that the merchandise that you can buy from destiny 2 is significantly more pricey than what you typically buy over at the rare game store so i'm, I'm not too fretted about uh, whether or not people have access to this whether they did the content or not uh, but it is nice to see that they are continuing to evolve what they want to put into the store um, they're still going to be some questions as far as the sizing that's available for these. I know that I have friends that want to have those larger sizes. Uh, they're also going to be offering the U2s figures. These are figures that um, have been in production in the past. They've had a, a first run of them um, beforehand that were these little figures. And these, these figures, I guess, would be uh, kind of best described as custom uh, pop vinyls like they don't they're not just like the big bobblehead looking uh, vinyl that you come to expect with pop vinyls these are definitely much more in scale to what their actual characters are uh, to some extent but if you were looking for figures for Sea of Thieves um, these are made available uh, right now if you want I believe they are available for $40 on the rare store uh, they also have the Gold Hoarder, which is available. They have uh, a Briggsy statue, which I'm very interested in because I, I don't you don't get to see Briggsy too often in things. Um, they also have a Megalodon uh, like going through a, a, a ship that doesn't kind of looks like a sloop, but it's not quite a sloop. Um, and then you've got a ghost galleon uh, with a wraith coming out of one of the cannons uh, for the wraith balls, which I thought was just really kind of a cool idea. I love the gold hoarder. I think the gold hoarder is uh, probably one of the coolest. Um, I have some questions about the coloring of the eyes because the veil stones are supposedly yellow, I guess. But I don't know. It's it's a, a older look for the gold hoarder for sure. But uh, these are available again on rare store or rare games dot store slash U2s uh, Y-O-U-T-O-O-Z. Uh, it's kind of a weird way they do it. And these are also available through U2's website as well, too. So if you wanted to pick these up and you uh, live in the States and you didn't want to have to pay for the shipping from the UK, you can purchase these from U2's themselves. Uh, I believe they're $35 uh, US 
So if you wanted to get those, you can get those as well too. They're a little bit cheaper on their website. Uh, you will be pre-ordering it. And they do have the Gold Hoarder figure as well too. Uh, even though it says it's a rare store exclusive, uh, you can still pre-order the Gold Hoarder. So I'm not sure why they emphasize that because it's not something that, um, if, to me at least, is, is exclusive when I checked into it. Uh, and I like that they're doing the statues. I still kind of want my like six inch uh, fully kind of... Uh, uh, proportionate um, figures like I would love to have uh, a Briggsy figure that's a six inch on a little stand uh, you know just kind of normal I would love to have um, like Flameheart or uh, Belle. I think Belle would be a perfect statue. would love to get a Belle statue with her uh, in her in-game model, not the model that they had when they first came out with the uh, the statue that they used for the E3 promotional stuff. Um, but I would love to have like a six or eight inch tall little um, uh, figure of like Belle on her uh, a buoy. I think it'd be great. It's beautiful. I, I would love to have that. Love to have a pirate lord. Um, I want more of that stuff. So I'm hoping I get a chance to actually talk to uh, uh, Mike and or not Mike, um, uh, uh, Pete and uh, uh, Adam to see about like what kind of stuff would be fun. Uh, could we get some figurines? Could we get some more comics? Things like that. Uh, I, I know we're getting the book soon and I know there's a, um, a, uh, a what do they call them? Trade back for the, the different comic books for the origins uh, that's coming down the line as well too. Don't forget too, we're in August uh, as of the, the recording. So if you wanted to get uh, the Heart of Fire book that is still available for pre-order too, that is going to be telling the story of Flameheart. You want to get this book because it's going to tie into uh, the future of the game and has a bunch of really nifty lore. So make sure you're keeping an eye out for the Heart of Fire book uh, from Sea of Thieves. Uh, Chris Alcock wrote it. He is the one that is going to be uh, kind of telling the story as far as that. We don't know if there's going to be an audiobook right now, but we'll have to find out uh, later down the line. Um, I think they're still trying to working out uh, ways to kind of uh, make sure that everyone has an opportunity to get that the way they did with uh, Athena's Fortune. Um, the last little bit of news that came from the actual news story thing. Let's talk about A Hunter's Cry. The Hunter's Cry is the next... Uh, story that is going to be in Sea of Thieves as an adventure. Uh, obviously, this is going to have us going to the Sea of the Damned. We will probably be asking Calypso uh, or the, the Castaway to uh, open up the portal to the Sea of the Damned once again, uh, unless it's Belle. It could be Belle. That's really interesting. I actually don't know if it's going to be Belle or not. It would be, I, I'm curious to see, like the, the the little teaser that they have for this has us in a storm looking at a portal uh, with the rocks and uh, the portal is open like it's heading towards the sea of the damned and for the longest time the castaway was the only one that could do that we know that bell can transport herself through to the sea of the damned but we don't specifically know if she can open up a portal to the sea of the damned to allow us to pass through so we may be dealing with the castaway i assume that 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 is the most logical uh, answer, but I would not be surprised if Bell was the one that was able to open up the portal. Um, right now, there are only, oh, actually, I'm stupid. We have the veil. We have the veil of ancients. Of course, we have a way to open up the, the, the Sea of the Damned. We, we, Ramsey's been sticking it behind his back, quote unquote, hiding it forever now while we've been doing every single veil voyage. So now we actually get to, you know, he's always like, we'll save this for a rainy day. 
you know, and now, now we're getting a teaser trailer that's like in the middle of a storm and a portal's open and it's like, well, I guess it was a rainy day. Time to go save Merrick. Uh, but The Hunter's Cry is coming out August 18th. That's going till September 1st, which means there's a little over two weeks before Talk Like a Pirate Day when this ends. Um, and we will probably have about three weeks uh, before we actually get a chance to um, jump into jump into the next adventure. Uh, we'll finally be able to track down Amaranta and the Sea of the Damned, um, confront uh, Wander the Warsmith or, or the, the Mass Stranger and Duke the Dark Lord and try to rescue Merrick somehow. Very curious to see how this plays out because it's going to be the first time since A Pirate's Life that we'll, we will be actively going back to the Sea of the Damned. Um, how we get there is going to be interesting if we're going to meet the ferryman, if we're going to learn anything about the ferryman, or if that's going to be a story for later. Very curious to see how this all plays out. And to kind of round things out, let's talk about uh, the murder mystery that's going on. Um, you know, stories and seeing how things play out uh, in the Last episode, we talked about how people had figured out what the cosmetic combination is to go to Burning Tony. Uh, we've been able to to discover that and a lot more. There's been a, a whole tweet that's come out that has a, a word search on it. And that word search has actually led us to uh, looking up different notes. Each of the different notes has been giving us uh, different combinations of letters and numbers. Those numbers and letters are correlating to the word search uh, with the top being uh, the A through Y, I believe is what it is. And then the left hand column from top to bottom uh, being the um, what's it called? The one through 20 or no one through 54. I can't quite remember uh, for sure what it is, but it's like one through 54 um, for that. And it's been very interesting to kind of see how people uh, actually kind of um, suss this out like i haven't even been able to really keep track of it i've been trying to read through the ancient isles university uh, mystery discussion channel and everyone was slowly kind of getting to the point where they were working on um where they need to go they were they were going to these locations uh they were finding the words associated with these locations when they found out what like the word was so it was like um uh the the words that we found were uh aim before clear do north northwest of passage the 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 uh with with a bunch of other things like that so it's it, we they've eventually they've eventually figured out like what the words are and they're trying to put together like what the words mean like what the sentence is and as they're kind of going around finding these different pages uh from these journals um the journals themselves are showing up in little books and these uh, journals that are from demarco have uh, a moon and a wolf with its mouth open and four stars at the north, south, east, west points of the actual cover, indicating that it is uh, the, the kind of emblem of DeMarco. Now, as people have kind of figured out where these pages are, where these journals are, uh, we actually got to decipher what DeMarco's ship log was. If you followed the Twitter account and you understood that we were trying to find uh, the person named T who was going to give us the ship log. Well, we found the ship log. We have the messages. So I'm going to work down the different pages and the different days to give you an idea of uh, what's going on, like how we can figure this out. So from the actual journal journals, it says uh, page one, day one. 
preparing to depart by uh but the midnight prowler which is the name of his ship uh is too well known will need a shipwright day three messages sent to those who can and still will help me in secret time to find a robo day four met scarlet atop marauder's arch a galleon will be waiting for me now for supplies tad was uh i think it was tad or ted uh i can't remember um was not happy meeting at devil's thirst but at last i have supplies for the crossing the crossing i'm assuming uh is going to be something that talks about um something that i'll talk about a little bit later but i think he's trying to leave sea of thieves i think he's trying to get out of sea of thieves for some reason i'm very curious why too uh day seven i've decided i have another stop to make the sea of thieves should remember me fondly and this is kind of demarco talking about leaving his legacy behind it's not sure he's not sure if he's actually going to ever come back to the sea of thieves which was a larger reason behind why he felt he needed to close the arena because he wasn't sure after what his fathers asked him to do if he'd ever make it back day nine my debt to colin has been settled now i can leave wanderer's refuge with a clear conscience and a little flavor text there but the 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 interesting thing is is that it's talking each it's always talking about a person in a place which is giving us the clues about uh, where to find the different um, messages. Uh, page two of the journal has uh, a continuation of the different days. So day 10, made arrangements to have this log collected. If I fail, it will be the only record of my death. Now, I don't think that DeMarco is talking about a death that ended in the result of his murder at Sea Dog's Rest. I think he's talking about not making it through the shroud. Day 11, so long, Smuggler's Bay. Thanks to Tracy, my ship will soon have a crew to help me sail. Day 12, met my crew. As requested, all are strangers to me. They seem in high spirits. Day 13, sailing for Discovery Ridge. Calm waters so far. This is starting to feel very real. Day 14, a small scuffle among the crew. A split lip and sour looks, but nothing to worry about. That right there says to me that there's something to worry about i don't know for sure but if there's already dissent amongst the ranks and he is the captain then there is a good possibility that something happened and it escalated but i don't know for sure we're not really clear on on what happened but that'll be a very interesting story once we find out a little bit more moving on day 15 one day after as promised the scribe umbra furnished me with a path through the shroud now, this is what calls back to him being concerned about not making it back or how he's remembered. Um, he's trying to find a way through the shroud. We don't know why or who's uh, beyond the shroud that he needs help from, um, but it's clear that there's something going on that he feels like he needs to leave the Sea of Thieves, which is kind of interesting because of how hard it, it was for him to actually get here. On the page three, it continues on with the different days of the journal. So page three starts out with day 16, sails on the horizon, familiar ones. Is someone pursuing me? I fear it might be so. Day 17, those same sails. There can be no doubt someone is hunting me and gaining ground. Day 18, the crew seems anxious. I hear them whispering and the sails are coming closer. Day 20, on course to burning Tony. He will hide the log until my contact comes for it. So this is interesting because 
we found out that T Tony was the the T name where he he kept his log. Um, but the interesting thing here is is that he gave a description of who the person would look like to Tony to give the ship's log to. Now. The trouble being, of course, is that I don't think that we were the intended party. I think that there was another party that was intended to find his ship's log and that we are masquerading as that person. I have no proof of this. It's just pure speculation. But that's kind of what logically in my mind makes sense when I think about why we're able to get this uh, description because Tony didn't have a name or a face to go by for who should be getting the ship's log. Uh, but based on the, the chest that we got from social media account, we know what that person was intended to look like and we just look like them. Going over to the next day in page three, day 21, no choice now. I've encoded the chart with our planned route. Still need to hide the key. So he has a key. I don't know what this key is. Uh, I'm not sure what it unlocks, but there is a lock that needs unlocking. And so we must find this key. Uh, we know that he needs to hide the key and that the key might not be a physical key. It might actually just be a cipher. Uh, then it's day 22. Day 22, it's her. It has to be. Did she, uh, but did someone send her? Sister, what have you done? And that's the interesting thing is, is that we, we now know that the person that was uh, chasing after him, the familiar sales that have been chasing after him are Lissetti. And we know based on some of the notes that we've seen around the world that Lissetti was trying to stop him from doing whatever it was that his father asked him to do, to do something with this key, to get out of the Sea of Thieves, to navigate the Shroud. But why? There's no reason why yet. That's the real question I keep asking myself is what is the motivation DeMarco has for wanting to leave the Sea of Thieves to the point where it was so risky that he feared that it might be the last time he got to actually be in the Sea of Thieves. Page four, strange. It looks like this page has been ripped out of the log. Who might have done this? So this is something that makes me wonder because the, the log itself is something that should have been with Tony. Tony did not do it uh, because Tony said that he buried the, um, that he actually buried the box. Yeah. With the log in it uh, prior to him burning it because he already burned the cipher. So the reason we were able to find it was through other means. Uh, the reason we were supposed to find it uh, was burned up by Tony because he was supposed to keep that cipher with us. Uh, but we figured out what it was anyway. Um, so that's kind of where we're at right now until someone on Twitter did something, won't explain how, but managed to find a ship called the Howling Wolf. Now, as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the journal, uh, the first day... Um, DeMarco talks about how he needs another ship uh, because the Midnight Prowler is too well known. So if you look at uh, the actual cover of the book, the book cover has a circle with uh, the silhouette of a moon with an open mouth on it or open uh, a silhouette of a wolf with an open mouth on it. And it looks like a wolf howling at a moon and is something that is analogous to a midnight prowler, you know, uh, someone that, that hunts at night, uh, like a wolf. Um, so it says to me that someone somehow found assets in the game 
they may have stumbled upon it completely by chance. But if you go to J7, the top half of J7, there is a ship. That ship is a galleon, one that has seen battles. And it has a name on that ship. And that name of the ship is actually the Howling Wolf. And the figurehead of this is the Rogue Sea Dog figurehead, which is not DeMarco's figurehead. DeMarco on the Midnight Prowler has a the look of a uh, something that looks like a star or uh, uh, with a skull on the front of it, but the skull's very flat, so you could mistakenly uh, look at it and think, oh, that looks like a, a lion's head, uh, which wouldn't be too far off from his personality. Um, and all of this can actually be found in uh, comics one and two of the Sea of Thieves comics um not the origin ones but the original ones that came out forever ago that told the story of uh demarco and lissetti trying to find uh the way to the the sea of thieves uh thanks to um a letter a map and pistols from uh their father uh ramsey so it's very interesting to kind of see like the the through lines here like we, unfortunately we don't know how this person found the ship and for all intents purposes we don't know why the ship is there uh so there's clearly something that was in game that was not intended to be found quite yet because we as a community have not uh and and i say as a community because i i really do hand it to the ancient isles university there are a lot of people who have worked very hard to try and figure out like what the next step of the mystery is and the next step of the mystery is going to eventually lead us to this ship but we don't know anything about why the ship is there we don't understand the details behind it or some of the things that are actually in the ship like the ship has different things like there is a little dog bowl with some stuff in it and there's a banana and it says peel me and when you when you do that it just opens up the banana and half of it's eaten uh there's um stuff you can move in the captain's cabin uh there are um uh, different different kind of hidden areas but nothing is in there right now um if you're going to go check this out again this is at the top of the square in j7 i did it the other night uh i, I was able to take a look at everything if you swim straight down uh you'll eventually see it there is a small area above the grate uh, above the 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 map table that will give you air so if you swim down and you feel like you're not going to make it uh rest assured there is there is air down there that you can get um, so that you can actually explore the ship a little bit. And it's so far down that I didn't really have any problems with sirens or uh, sharks at that point. I, I did when I swam back up, but uh, by that time it wasn't too big a deal. So uh, just be a, a aware of that as you're kind of checking things out. Uh, but right now it feels like someone jumped the gun. It feels like someone got some information or looked at something they probably weren't supposed to and then posted it on social media to to get those internet points. And uh, so that's kind of where we're at with the mystery. Um, we have uh, an end state and we have uh, a situation where Rare has had information revealed that was probably not intended to be revealed quite yet, just based on how we were working out some of the different clues. This is kind of one of the problems with uh, doing a mystery as a live service because the same thing happened uh, back when the mysterious stranger was uh, announced, um, they put the name of the mysterious stranger in the game by the actual name of the person who it was. 
uh, and people had found out about this by data mining the game um, and we're trying to spread that around and we found out a little bit later about who it was and it was a real bummer because it was like oh we kind of know now um, and and we had to wait for the actual reveal so to see that people are doing this again it's it's a bummer because the information's out there now um, and we not and because so much of the actual uh, mystery has been being done by smaller groups in the community and it's not something that everyone has participated in uh, it feels like there's all these kind of uh, nebulous kind of dark areas of how this person got from this thing to that thing because it's not something that everyone is sharing all the information about I'm barely keeping up with it and I cover the game so it's a real bummer that the mystery is going this way because I feel like it's losing its sense of purpose. Like it's not about people finding stuff on Sea Dogs uh, Rest and being like, "Oh my God, there's a there's a, a skeleton. You guys got to go check it out." Um, and then having something like lead to that and stuff. There's stuff that's happening in in social media that other people are missing out on. So a lot of this mystery is going under the radar for most of the players. And unfortunately, the people that are really invested in this are having a really good time, but they just had a big thing. Uh, kind of ruined for them the, the way to get there because whoever found out where this was has not disclosed how they got to that point which suggests that they probably got it through means that weren't through the 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 natural flow of the mystery and uncovering the secrets um, which is a bummer it's a real shame because you really you know if you work hard to try and build these things out it takes time it takes effort you're trying to release the information uh, when it's appropriate and you have toggleable switches in the game that turn these things on. So you want to get prepared for that, you know, in case they happen to find it, you can flip a switch real quick and be like, Oh, Hey, it changed in game. It's awesome. Um, in this case, it was, it was uh, a little, uh, you know, cart before the horse situation. Um, and some, some folks decided they wanted to get internet points out of it. Uh, I know who they are. I'm not going to name them because I don't I don't feel that the credit is warranted in this instance. Uh, but I'm glad that a lot of people are still looking forward to the mystery and understanding what's going on with it. I'm sure once we find out what the natural the natural through line is for the mystery, Rare will probably come out and kind of tell us more about what's going on or at least give us more information about what happened. Um, but that's kind of where we're at with the mystery. And unfortunately, I think a lot of this does tend to, and, and this is kind of my current feeling on it. I may change, I may change perspectives later on after I've seen how things go. Uh, but I feel like the adventure, or not the adventure, the mystery has uh, kind of been a little long in the tooth. Um, I, I appreciated the mystery of like who killed uh, Merrick because it was a short one-hour story that we got resolution to at the end of. Uh, this is something where it's it's cool that they're testing out a bunch of stuff and it's cool that there's a dedicated group of the community that are working on it, but I don't think that this is something that is 100% uh, engaging all of the Sea of Thieves community, which is what it should be doing, but I don't think it is. And I could be wrong about that, but that's just my general uh, kind of overall feeling on how the mystery is going right now. There's a good group of people that are working on it. They're having a real good time trying to suss it out. And then someone went and ruined it uh, for all the others. And now we're kind of sitting here twiddling our thumbs, wondering how are we going to get from point A to point B when we already know what the end of B is. You know, it kind of ruins the fun. So that's where we're at with uh, the mystery. That's where we're at with the game. 
we've got a ton of information coming in the next few days. I'm going to be really excited to see how it all turns out. Uh, we'll probably know more in hours as of uh, the time you're hearing this. So keep an eye on the social media channels for uh, the next bit of information that gets released about season uh, seven, or just do what most folks will probably do and go about your natural lives. Have a nice break from Sea of Thieves in these last few hours before the season kicks off and then come back when it starts up and then enjoy it to its fullest extent the way I plan to uh, without any prior knowledge and probably being wrong about a lot of stuff. But I'm totally fine with that because I haven't been spoiled on anything. I think I've seen the Sovereigns and that's about it. But I think that was in a video. And there was something else I can't remember. I actually went on the Insiders the other day. I can't remember even what the heck it was that I checked out. But I'm pretty sure everything that I checked out was stuff that I've now seen in videos. So it's like, oh, okay, right. Well, I didn't really spoil myself on anything. I was just a couple days early. So... I think that's going to do it, though. Uh, Closing out the episode. Right. All right, Pirates. That's going to do it for this episode of the Keelhauled Podcast. Thank you all so much for hanging out with me. I uh, had such a good time talking about CFEs this week. I'm going to be even more excited next week when we actually get to find out more about Season 7. I'm ready to go. Um, I've got my ship names locked in for the most part. Really excited about that. Uh, and yeah, I think that's going to do it. So if you want to get a hold of me, there's plenty of ways to do that. Head over to Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. I am, I am like a few people. There's like a handful. I can count them on one hand that if I get followed from uh, Twitter, I will hit 2000 followers, which is a number that I have been striving for internally, mentally, internally for years i've been trying to get 2000 followers for a very long time it's not that that i need that number but it's just one of those like man you know it'd be cool so that's kind of where i'm at with twitter thank you to everyone that followed as a result of sot fest if if you're listening to this and this is the first episode post sea of thieves um this is what the normal episodes typically sound like unless i have a guest uh and if you want to get a hold of me in other ways to do so there's plenty of ways you can hit me up uh, by email at C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. Uh, you can listen to this anywhere you want. It, it could be on YouTube. It could be on Spotify. It could be on Apple uh, a podcast. It could be on Google. It could be on Audible. I finally got to meet the gentleman who listens to the show on Audible. So thank you for, for being the one person uh, who listens to it there. I'm glad I set it up because it's so much easier for you to be able to listen to your audiobooks and then listen to the podcast. And that's awesome. That's a hundred percent reason why I set that up. So thank you to you guys uh, who are listening now. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, where else? Oh, if you don't know, I think the Sherpas in the Keelhaul Discord, which there's a link in the show notes, head over there, join the Discord. Uh, Discord is getting added uh, voice chat to Xbox consoles soon. So when that goes live, you'll be able to talk to people in Discord ch- uh, voice channels um, while you're on your console, making it a little bit easier to play with different PC players, which is good because the Sherpas are trying to get something together. I think they're working out a day um, during a weekend where they can get a couple ships together where 
they can practice 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 where they can practice some pvp a lot of people have been asking about how to get better at pvp i think it's a great opportunity i wish we had custom servers to be able to afford uh, the opportunity for them to not have to try and roll servers and and take two ships away from a normal server that would normally be looking for their kind of average gameplay and stuff um, instead this would be a couple ships just battling each other always uh at it and stuff so I'm, I'm hoping that'll become a future uh that we can that we can experience in the in it soon <laughs> hopefully um but the sherpas are in there they're working hard uh shout out to the dev or the 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 moderators um who've been working really hard just to make sure that things are going smoothly in there um and if you guys have any questions or concerns just feel free to message me on there i i generally don't follow people on discord when it comes to friends so apologies if you've added me on discord and i haven't added you back it's just i i try to keep my discord list pretty slim line when it comes to my friends list so that way it's mostly people i'm in contact with uh for for different um interviews typically and a few conversation pieces and stuff i'm far more open on twitter like if you want to message me somewhere uh twitter is the best place to get, get me like a personal dm and stuff I, I look at all of those whether you think i do or don't <laughs> I, I do uh so that's probably the best way to get a hold of me um thank you to everyone that's already reached out and thanks to you if you've been thinking about reaching out um, and also, if you got a story, uh, feel free to email me a story. If you've got a, a kind of a, a story that you had a really good adventure, um, I love reading those adventures. It's a thing that I haven't had uh, in a long time. Nobody sent me any stories um, in a long time. So, but I do still like to read out those stories. So, if you if you have a story from Sea of Thieves and you want to share it, type it out for me, uh, either in the Discord or as an email. I will read that out on the podcast. And I think that's going to do it. So thanks to everyone who uh, who, who joined me um, at Sea of Thieves Fest. Thanks to all the devs. Thanks to anyone in the Discord that's just been hanging out. Love you guys all. And with that, thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. Jameson or Big Cat. And I am Brenna or Mother Goose. And together we are the hosts of the DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week we bring you the top stories from last week as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week we have a special guest join us in the chat room where we discuss a different gamer-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. Hey, Simone. Yes, Chad. What would you say is your favorite bad movie? Oh, where would I start? But probably at Zombie Strippers. Oh, yeah, which we've actually done on our podcast, Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. 
This is a podcast where we take some of the worst movies ever created, and even some of those movies that you might have thought were brilliant, but still got a bad critic score, and we say nice things about them, because you know what? Someone put the effort in, so we're gonna be there fighting in their corner. Absolutely, Chad. Even if the movie was total garbage, there are some makeup artists that gave it their all, and we're here to recognize that. Exactly. And with really fun themes every week, such as National Treasure Week, Weddings Week, uh, movies with Jeremy Irons and dragons in them, how could you go wrong by joining us every Tuesday and Thursday for some optimism in your life? And like we say at the end of every episode, we love you and there's nothing you can do about it. We love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Goodbye! Bye.